Have you ever experienced something so crippling in your life that has made you feel broken? I have. Are you someone who has a giving heart but is struggling to feel good themselves? Are you consistently putting your needs aside to take care of everyone else? If so, you're not alone. Giving starts with giving to yourself so that you are able to give of yourself to other people. Isn't it time you took back control and discovered what makes you tick? Join me in my journey and find out how you can feel better about yourself, live your best life, and share that with others. Thinking of yourself, it doesn't make you selfish. It makes you brave. I'm Nelia, and this is the Giving Starts With You podcast. Hi everyone, this is Nelia, the host of the Giving Starts With You podcast. First of all, I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I had so many supporters on launch day, I can't believe that the podcast went up to top 19 in Canada, and I was so happy that you guys are receptive to my message. I think I would like to tell you a little bit more about who I am and and why I wanted to start this podcast and just uh, tell you a little bit about myself. So um, I'm Nellie, I'm 48 years old, I'm married. Um, I have a beautiful son who's 13, a very supportive family and a wonderful set of friends. I have anxiety, depression, PTSD, and I'm learning every day how to cope with those and how to become the best best version of myself. Um, In 2005, my father passed away um, of cancer. And um, since that day, my life has, uh, it's been different. It's it's changed. Um, I suppressed my emotions for a long time after his passing. And um, I was also pregnant with my son at the time. And that started, that whole process, it started me thinking about how I wanted to live my life differently. Um, I realized that life was just too short and I really wanted to live better. And one of the things that my father said to me before he passed away was, he said, if I wasn't your father, I would still want to be your friend because you have a really good heart. So that has stuck with me since that day, and I thought it was the mo- one of the most beautiful things that anyone has ever said to me. And seeing as it's Father's Day tomorrow, um, well, I'm recording this Saturday before Father's Day, I thought I would uh, give a shout out to all the dads out there and to my dad, who I know is with me every day, and I miss him very much. Um, I started writing a story after he passed away about our relationship and and you know the whole journey that we took together and today um, I just wanted to read a little bit of that story um, to you sitting at home uh, just to give you a little bit of a glimpse into who I am who he is and our relationship looking back I think I have had some form of anxiety all my life and an easiness about me that I could not describe The most direct way I could describe it would be anxiety is like activating while depression is like deactivating. I was easily frightened, always felt things deeply. I was either really, really happy or really, really sad. 
Even as a teenager, I remember never feeling emotions that were in the middle, always extreme. Always needing validation from others, feeling like damaged goods, and addicted to getting validation of being accepted and feeling good enough. As an adult, I struggle to understand who I am and why I have anxiety, panic disorder, depression, PTSD. Apparently, as I understand it, it is brought on by suppressing emotions for so long that your body becomes lit on fire, waiting to explode or implode. This is what happened to me. For years, I thought that I was protecting myself by not dealing with the pain and emotion brought on by my father's death and regrets during his life. I thought that if I put it on the back burner, it would just go away. But this only made me feel numb and not present in my own life and my own reality. In time, those feelings of avoidance and dealing with pain and grief have manifested into this ugly reality, which I cannot escape from. If you have ever experienced severe anxiety, it is difficult to understand. I am always on hyper alert, always questioning what is happening to my body when symptoms arise, always afraid. I was unable to process simple things. Numbness was my survival. When the numbness finally wears off though, there comes an avalanche of emotions, anxiety, panic, anger, fear. I didn't become aware that the numbness wore off until my life was out of control. I couldn't sleep. I became addicted to food. I didn't have any energy to do anything. I felt paralyzed, feeling nothing yet feeling everything all at once. I was ill-equipped to deal with disappointments and failure. It was a very out-of-body experience, disassociation. It was like whole, looking at myself in third person. You start to examine yourself at this point, take inventory, if you will, to get a better grip of what's happening. Always struggling with perception and beliefs versus reality. We all have stress in our lives, bad and good. Although we need stress to survive, our bodies and minds are usually healthy enough to fight back, to accept and to let go of the things that have transpired, to keep things into perspective and to keep them healthy. But I learned this when emotions are pushed down for a long time and are not dealt with, felt or expressed, things can get out of control and our minds begin to feel what our heart is trying to share. And in the end, it's our bodies that suffer. Anxiety disorder is debilitating. It changes you. It makes you fearful every day. It makes you feel symptoms in your body that medically don't make sense. It makes you feel that you're alone and going insane or as if you're going to die. It can be very lonely. I am very, very grateful for my family and for a few great friends who have encouraged me to write about this and to face my fears. This is what was keeping me locked up, a prisoner of my own mind. I want you guys all to know that anxiety is nothing to be ashamed of. It's a daily battle where I constantly find myself learning about myself and trying not to run away from my internal, str internal struggling. Now, the reason why I wanted to tell you all of this is because I want it to be clear I am not a counselor. I am not a mental health professional. I am a mental health sufferer. So 
even though I cannot give you professional advice, I've been there, I've done it, and I can only share what has helped me. So what has helped me more than anything is giving to other people. Um, I've tried therapy, I've gone to grief counseling, which was very helpful. But honestly, it wasn't until I started sharing the gifts that I have with other people and caring about them and look pe looking people in the eye and finding out how I could help them um, with their pain that it really helped me feel differently about myself. And I'm really grateful for that. One other thing that I wanted to read out of, um, if I can have your permission to read out of the book that I'm writing. Uh, it's a chapter called Reality. Reality. That's funny. What is it? There are many definitions as there are different types of people living on earth. There are countless definitions of love, freedom, situations, traditions, environments, routines, religions, politics, circumstances, work ethic, cultures, personalities, and opinions that make the world go round. One thing for sure is that we will not be on this earth forever, but our spirit will always continue to live on. So why is that most, most of us, we nurture our bodies, our temporary skin, but we forget about nurturing our soul, which remains forever. At the end of our lives, do we want to remember, be remembered for how we looked or who we were, what we had or how we made a difference? what we owned or how we contributed, for how we hated or how we loved. There are many types of relationships, one relationship between friends, one between lovers, one between colleagues, between siblings, and another between parents and their children. Daughters and dads have a unique bond. It is like no other I have experienced and probably one of the hardest to explain. In many ways, it is sacred, yet, yes, yet misunderstood. There is a hidden strength and comfort in knowing who your father is, knowing who he really is, what he believes in, how he grew up, what is really important to him, his downfalls, his mistakes, his regrets, and his weaknesses. I learned a lot about my dad in the next few months spent every moment I could just listening to him and observing quietly and attentively, desperately holding on to every word, every breath, every moment, to capture every second. My father was misunderstood for most of his life. He played off as a clown, the life of the party. But underneath it, there was a lot of sadness, a lot of loneliness, a lot of regret. My father and I were more similar than I had ever imagined. And that was really hard for me to accept. And I became afraid of discovering more similarities between us. It's funny what you can hear when you stop talking, stop interrupting and sit still for the fear of missing one word, one breath, one memory. When we turned off the television and we stopped rushing to do the dishes after a meal, or we stopped rushing for the phone call to our friends for hours and hours, we began to see things that we didn't see before. For the next six months, while my father was sick, we put all calls on hold, 
left the dishes, turned off the television, and instead grabbed a wheelchair and went back to the beach for a long walk to eat ice cream and tell stories of our childhood. We laughed and we cried and we got angry. But most of all, we listened to each other and we tried to understand one another, see each other in a new light, with a new pair of eyes, if you will. Moving in slow motion, trying to remember it all and take in all the smells, the feel, the touch. That was a precious day. We felt things that day we had never felt before. It was a magical day for both of us. Many times we hugged, many times we cried, Many times we sat in uncomfortable silence, just staring at each other, not knowing what to say, but feeling so much. Growing up, our house was seldom quiet. I mean, I'm from Portuguese background. There was always something going on. We would play musical instruments, sing, host a party. Music was always playing. We'd be eating, drinking, dancing, the occasional game of cards, homemade wine, dominoes, you name it. But now the silence seemed louder than those loudest of days. Despite the moments of silence now, we were really alive those six months. I wouldn't have changed one moment of any of it. I only would have liked to have more time. More time to discover those parts of him that I hadn't quite figured out. More time to laugh with him and joke around because he loved that. More time to learn how to forgive him. Why hadn't I taken the time to do all this before? If I could have just one more wish, it would be to have one more day. One more hour, one more minute, one more memory, one more I love you, one more hug. Over the next few months, I became a different person. Things that had been so important to me didn't matter anymore. The only thing I could think of was how to get to the city, every chance I could get to see him one more time. I would leave work early any chance I could just to drive as fast as I could before it was too late. I always felt that I was racing against the clock, that that hourglass could not be stopped. During the drives, I seemed to notice more lyrics to songs on the radio, and every song seemed to be written for me. It would make me cry and think during my journey. Then I would become numb, like I wasn't even in my own body anymore, that this was not my life. It felt as though I was watching myself from outside of my body, just going through the motions, not remembering actually driving, but arriving. But I was very careful to get it all well together before I reached the city. I had it down packed. I'd pinch my cheeks to resume color in my face. I would apply makeup while in the car to hide the streaks. My heart would become light as I approached the house and then would sink when I saw my mom's face. She too, also hiding so much. Then I would become light again as I came near him and enjoyed every moment we had together. All these emotions were so exhausting, although also energizing. It wasn't until I stole a moment for myself that I realized how exhausted I actually was. And this pretending that things were gonna be okay when I knew that they weren't. I was just feeling that 
we were just stealing glimpses that we were all so desperately grasping on while feeling that we were falling into nothingness how we all hoped we could turn back time do things differently change hurtful words change the outcome I could tell that he really liked my visits. He looked forward to them as much as I did, maybe even more. But as much as I enjoyed them, I dreaded them too. I was worried that I couldn't hide my terror, my fear, my sadness, my anger, my rage. I did not, would not let him see me that way. I became an expert on hiding my feelings and this would last for years to come and damage my soul forever. He was dealing with so much, I did not want to have him think of anything else except living the rest of his life. Over the weeks that came, it became increasingly difficult to see him, but yet more necessary for both of us. He did not want to die. He wanted to live and live better than he had ever lived before. You could see it in his eyes. He did not need to say a word. He fought it so hard and so strong and so steady and with such vigor. He wanted to live better than he had ever lived before. I think I respected him more during that time than any other time. The reason why I wanted to read that out, um, taking you back to that time in my life, was I, want to sh I wanted to share that with everyone today because well, our life is so short. And I really do think we need to make the best of it. I know this is something I've already said, but I really feel strongly about it. We need to live, we need to figure out what we want out of our life. And we need to do it. We need to grab it. We need to do it. Life is just, it's just, life can be such a wonderful thing. Anybody feeling alone out there right now? You're not alone. We all have these moments of despair. We all have these moments where we feel like giving up. We all have these moments that we can't see past, that we get stuck on. But it is so important, guys. It's so important to love yourself. It's so important to take care of one another. It is so important to be happy in your life because life is just too short. And I wanted to celebrate all the dads out there, I want to celebrate all the kids out there, all the mums out there, everybody just trying to get through it. I just wanted to give you a little bit more insight to who I was, why this podcast is important to me, why I started my website, Travel Live Give. I just hope that my message helps you. If I could help one person not suppress feelings, it took me 10 years before I started grieving. Uh, my dad and it really it did not help me at all so please know that you're not alone there's always somebody out there to help so on my podcast I want to bring on people that are going to be inspiring that have wonderful stories to tell um, stories of kindness stories of strength stories of supporting each other and that is my goal with the podcast so thank you so much, guys. Go out and enjoy Father's Day. I didn't mean for this episode to be a little bit sad. It wasn't meant to be sad. Um, the message was just to um, not suppress. Go and enjoy. Feel everything that you can. Take in every moment that you can. 
So enjoy the day, and I'm going to be dropping a new episode for you tomorrow, uh, being Monday. So check it out. Thanks, guys. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode. If you enjoyed what you heard, please subscribe or leave a review. See you next week on the Giving Starts With You podcast.